we go. Okay, welcome to uh, Sunday Night Novi. Sunday Night Novi at the studios of Mercos Yisrael Marine Park is a presentation of the Weiss Entertainment Network. 613 on your dial. Tonight's Shia, prophetic vision in the 21st century. The message of Nevi'im Rishonim, the story of the Book of Shoftim. This series will focus on how Shua Anavi, the author of the Book of Shoftim, sent us many messages for our time. Uh, the series is dedicated in memory of Zecha Nishmas, Rabbi Rachmiel, Ben Aaron Mayer, and B'schus Rufur Shlema to all of the Cholim. Uh, I have to tell you, on a personal level, uh, my, my, my view of, of a man... Who, who is not necessarily everyone's favorite figure. Um, and, and the reason why he's not necessarily everybody's favorite figure is maybe because of some of his questionable behavior uh, has become, <laughs> has entered into my mind as a, as a favorite. Um, Shimshon, um, so much was a as was was a Moshia Yisrael, so much his action and his behavior uh, was so much in the spirit of protecting the Jewish people that he, he's worthy of being considered a, a, among the Shoftim. Uh, and and we discussed um, a little bit uh, uh, how how a lot of his behavior was done. At, at, by protecting the Jewish people, where he acted, I uh, used the term vigilante, uh, where his vigilante warfare, which it certainly was, was a cover so that the Plishtim, who were clearly the dominant force, uh, would not get it, would not understand, you know, what, what was going on. And, and, and he, he was able to really convince um, the, the people the, particularly, he sold this to the Plishtim, that he's a, he's a private agent uh, a- acting on his own, that, that we don't really see that the Plishtim come and take out any vengeance on the Jewish people. Uh, the only story was when they actually capture him, which we'll get to in a few minutes, um, that then they go, but they only lay a siege. They don't really attack and they threaten, but then, then Shimshon uh, is given over to them. Beyond that, beyond that, it says that he uh, that he, you know, was pretty much he protected himself and he protected uh, uh, the Jewish people. Um, last time, we spoke about uh, his encounter with Delilah, uh, with Delilah, right? All the all the the movies, Samson and Delilah, right? Um, now, now we know. That uh, Delilah was not a, a meritorious person on any level. Um, she was used um, as a way of getting at Shimshon. Uh, clearly, clearly they understood that they got to get rid of this guy. That, that there's never going to be peace. The the, the Plishtim uh, realized that there, there's never going to be peace as long as this guy is in power. Um, you know, you, you know, it's very similar to you know that they hate the Palestinians half and Netanyahu because they because they they think they think that if somebody else will be there will be in this place uh, that maybe they'll get what they want, uh, which has never, uh, despite the fact that Rabin um, in the uh, 
the Oslo Accords, uh, attempted to do a lot of things, but it never played out to fruition. Um, and even when they had opportunity in, in the Clinton administration, uh, where, where uh, Arafat Yamach Shemo was offered uh, 98% of the territories, that wasn't enough. And, and they, they turned that down um, as well. So, you know, it, it's just interesting how that, you know, how this historical cycle um, of the Jewish people, like there's always that one person who stands in the way of, of, of the other nations of the world trying to, to, to go above us. And they can't get past that one person. It was Shibshon, it was, it was Menachem Begin, it was Netanyahu, it was Ben-Gurion, uh, to his credit, you know, uh, you know David HaMelech, who, who completely eradicated the enemies from the land of Israel, um, you know, and that's an ongoing, uh, that, that, that's an ongoing thing. And we'll talk a little bit about that um, in a few minutes as well. So, so that's, uh, that's the story here. Now, uh, just to review. So, so it, what happened was, um, so he met this woman, Delilah, Delilah, as, as is referred to as uh, in English. And so the plishtim came to her and they, they threatened her and they said that you need to figure out what makes him, what makes him so strong. What, what, what is it, what is it about him that so, uh, that, that, that he continues to, um, you know, to to have this this success, uh, so so he plays a game with her. Now now we can't figure out why he didn't understand to get away from her. So, but here, here uh, in Pusik Zion, um, in Parak, it's on page two oh eight. If you're in the if you're in the art scroll, Parak Tet Zion Pusik Zion by Yomer Shimshon. He tells her, if you bind me with seven wet twines that have never dried, he said, somehow that will take away my power. Oh, so, so he tells her, that, ooh, now, now's the chance. And what happens? The governors of the Plishtim uh, came Um and what, what, what did they do? Shiva Yisarim Lachim So they went ahead and they found these uh, twines that had never dried, and they bound him uh, in it. Uh, so when Sudat David points out, like, like, like he, to determine if, if what he was telling was the truth. And then, and then to make it worse, Ha'orev the the and the ambush, Yoshev La Bechader, um, top of a two ten or I'm in pasuk test. But Tomeri La Plishtim Alecha Shemshon, and she said to him, the Plishtim are upon you. Vayinasek Esanisarim, Kashay Yinasek Pesil and Ures Biharicho Esh Belono Darkocho. So what happened? He uh, he snapped them. Um, um, as if fire had been set to them, like it melted away off his hands, as if it, as if it uh, was set on fire. Vatoma Delila im Shimshon, ime saltbi, are you uh, are you making fun of me? Vatidabere lavkizavim, are you are you doing uh, deceit? 
She said, tell me, how do you, how do we, how do we shut you down? So the second time it says, you, you take no ropes, new ropes, which have never been used. So again, so once again, uh, he he she calls the plishtim and he snaps the ropes and, and, and all is good. el shimshon. How much are you going to make fun of me? But but and he tells her, if you weave seven locks of my head into a weaving rod, uh, so that will, will So again, again, so so that's three attempts to to get at him. Um, the you know the twine, the ropes, the the uh, the weaving rod, and not, not, nothing helps. So she said to him, how can you say you love me? He said, whatever, whatever you tell me, you know, your heart is not really with me. How can it be that you love me? If you love me, um, you, you would tell me, you would tell me the truth. So finally, he he just you know she didn't stop. She uh, you know you know she tormented him. Kolayamim uh, like all, all all the time like it was a constant uh, thing with her. So finally, finally he said he said to her. Like, like you made he made he made her so miserable that that he just like uh, means he the said he was so like uh, weary of listening to her that he felt like dying. Um, now so he told he told her the the, the truth. He told her he spoke from he spoke from his heart, and the Mefarshim point out the fact that 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 he spoke in in this way, um, as as Mesudat David points out, Kol mitzaponli bo, all the hidden all the hidden secrets of his heart. So finally, he gave in to her, and and he told her all all the hidden secrets of, of what was going on. And what did he tell her? Right, I never a razor, uh, a scissor has never been placed on my head. Because I was declared a nazir from from birth. If you cut my hair, then then that that will be the end. So Radak asked the question, Mehechan Yada. How did she know that he was now he was telling her the truth? 
Amarod Raza Yodas Haisa Oso Arasha, the Oso Asadic, Shaloha Yumotzi, Shem Shamayim the Batola. Fascinating. The Radak says, because he said Nazir Elokim, he said Hashem's name. So she knew that he would never say Hashem's name in vain. So, so the fact that, that, that he made reference to Kaddish Baruch Hu, Radak says, that was a sign that, um, that, that he was telling you the truth. So once he used the term Elokim, he knew that, um, that, he was, that, that he was telling her the truth. Um, you know, that, that's the story of Yosef, right? It says, uh, right? When, when Yosef worked in Potiphar's house, so the Chumr says that Potiphar saw that Hashem was with him. So Rashi asked the question, what do you mean? How did he see that Hashem was with him? Okay, he was successful. And he did he did good things. But what, what was it about what was happening that Potiphar saw that, that, he, that, he, that, that Hashem was with him? So Rashi says, Shem Shemayim Shagorbethim. He said that Yosef constantly spoke about thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The name of Hashem was constantly on his mouth. And, and this idea that we, that we, that we use HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name in, in, this, in this vein, in the, in the sense that, that we, are, we are connecting and acknowledging him. So she understood that Shimshon would never use Hashem's name in a negative way. If, if he was still out to fool, him, fool her, he would never have said Nazir Elokim. So when so the Radak says by the fact in the same way that Yo, the Yosef's that Potiphar saw that Hashem was with him, but by the fact that his constant reference to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, same thing here. She understood that once he said that word Nazir Elokim, that I'm a Nazir to Hashem, then and 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 we also Chazal tell us that any time the name Elokim is used, it represents Midas Adin. It represents uh, it represents judgment. So the idea, the so so that so she she understood that that he that he was very very careful about how he referred to a kaddish baruch So that's what the radak says. V'yesh lefarish ki kibar davar ki emes amarla ki amarla hasiba sheva avura hayalo akol. The other thing the radak says is that is that in the other cases, in the other cases. He never said why he had the strength. He just said, this is what you do. Here, what he says is, Mora lo'al rosho in gulakti v'sar mimeni kochi. Here, he's, he makes a connection to the fact that, that the idea that, that my koach is, is totally in, in my hair. So here he actually spells it out. So the Radak says that she understood that from his words, so the fact that he said, the fact that he made reference to the fact that my strength is totally in this, so that was the, the sign that um, he was telling her the truth. And that's uh, and that's how she kind of figured out that this time um, it was going to happen. So, so what happened? Vatera uh, Delila is Kolibo. So she saw that you know that all the as we as we said before, all the innards of his heart were re- were revealed. 
Latishlach, Latikwala Sane Pishtinli Mora Lua Pan, Ki Gid Ki Gidli Eskolibo. He says, Come now, because now he told me the truth. Remember, they had promised to to reward her if, if he if if she could neutralize their number one enemy. Um she so they so um she was able to um, neutralize. That, that they were willing to pay him a handsome. Okay, so I want to share with you the Gemara in Sota on Daf Daf Summit Base. So the Gemara says the following uh, on on this what we're talking about that she saw. But Delila Delila saw that he told her that was So So Nikarim yeah, so Rav Khanim Barav says that when someone is telling the truth, most of the time, you could tell. Like when a, when a person is passionate, when a person, um, you know, it, it, it's harder to lie than it is to tell the truth. You got to put a much stronger act to lie. Um, that's why Rashi says uh, in Parsha Shalach, he says, you know, when the Moraglim came back, so so what did, what did they do when the spies came back? So the first thing they said was, Eretz Avas Chalavudvash. That Eretz Israel is a land flowing with milk and honey. Why? Why did they say that? So Rashi comments that Kol Sheker Sheimbo That if you want to tell a lie, if you want to mislead people, you gotta you gotta pull them in. You have to you have to drag them in by telling the truth. He says if if you if you're able to tell the truth at first, then 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 at that point. Then once you have them, and then they'll start listening to you. So Amar Rab Nikarim So the Gemara says in Sota, it was very clear that when he was talking, that he was telling the truth. Abaye Yada So the Radak quotes what we said before in Abaye that he used Hashem's name. Now he's certainly um, tell, telling the truth. So the note, I want to read you the note. The truth rings with sincerity because it explains heretofore inexplicable observations. When Delila heard that Shimshon was a Nazir, she now understood why his hair was so long and why he never drank wine. She therefore believed that his latest explanation about the source of his great strength was true. So in other words, she saw, like she saw the whole story. Like, you know, it, it was one of those epiphanies. Like, like when, when he revealed to her that it's totally in his Nizirus, then, then, then he said, wait, and she goes, wow, now I, now I understand what's going on here. And, and I, I think there's a lot of truth to that, that, you know, when, a, you know, when we see a person is passionate about telling the truth, uh, you know, it comes out, it shines, you see, you see what they're saying. And, and, and again, just to echo this idea, that's why that's why the Moroccan started off with Eretz of us, They had to get out. They 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 had they had to get out. They had to get out some truth because if they didn't get out some truth, uh, then then um, nobody will listen. To that. Yeah, right, right. No, that's right. Nobody will listen. Now, by he, then the Gemara also says, uh, "All right, all right." I'm going to quote this Gemara. Fine. Anyways, that's what the Gemara says on this. On the, I just wanted to mention the Gemara and Sota to you about what, what, what was going on here. Okay. 
let's uh, let's let's move on. Uh, so anyway, so that's what happened. Okay, so now we're coming to the to the the, the drama. Vatera de okay, fine. So so plus a good test. Vatiashneu Alberkel. She she felt she got him to fall asleep on his knees. I'm not really sure what that means, but uh, I take it at face value. Vatikrala ish. Um and she called a man, she called the barber. He cut off the seven locks of his, of his hair. And his strength departed him. Now, now this is also hard to understand, this story. Uh, because why is that? <laughs> like, it, it's hard to understand exactly what exactly happened here. Um, why, why, why did he lose his strength because his hair was gone? Why was that? Why was that? Why was that so important? Now we know we know the halacha by a nazir. Halacha by a nazir that a nazir a nazir becomes tummy mace, right? He comes in contact with a mace. So it says that he has to start. Halacha is that he he has to start his count over. He has to bring a korban and they and they go and they and they redo the the nazirus. Okay, I understand. So it isn't a vera to violate your nazirus, but so it, it could be because he he, he should really should not have put himself in this situation uh, in the first place. So just uh, in, in, if you look in the art scroll and note 19, Rabbi Abraham, the son of the Rambam, was queried, if Shimshon's Nazarite hair brought him strength, why shouldn't every Nazir have superhuman strength? He replied that the hair and strength are unrelated. Rather, Shimshon's strength was a divine gift so that he could help the Jewish people. But such divine assistance was contingent on his total devotion to Hashem, a devotion that was symbolized by his acceptance of the restrictions of a Nazir. So we, we spoke about this. We spoke about this initially when, when we spoke about Shimshon, that a, a, the role of a Nazir is, is to take lost Kedusha, lost holiness, and redistribute it. And by him, but by him becoming a Nazir. So so that so that's the explanation that it wasn't the hair, it was the concept that Shimshon, so to speak, in a generation where Kedusha was was problematic, where people were not keeping um, the, 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 their ways. And we, and we see that also because one of the things that's, that we'll see is, is Shimshon is not successful in pushing out the Plishtim. All the other Shoftim were successful in putting out the Plishtim. And the Mepharshim point out because the Jewish people did not do a complete Shuvah as they did by Devorah, as they did by Gidon, as they did by Ehud and, and, and all the others. Uh, so, so, here, so here you have that challenge. And the loss of the hair perhaps meant the, the, perhaps rep- meant the rejection uh, of, of the Kedusha. And uh, that's what he says. That's when his piety began to wane uh, and he left himself to be attracted by the beauty of the Philistine women. Hashem's assistance gradually deserted him. And this process was climaxed by the removal of his hair. Later, as an object slave captive, Shimson's hair begins to grow back and, when it, and with it came his strength. This was not because of his hair per se, however, because of his chuva, which was symbolized by the new growth of hair and his sincere prayer. So that, that's, that's, that is the idea of the hair. By the loss of the hair, it's almost like he, he stopped being that, that symbol of Kedusha for his generation. And that's why he, that's why he lost his strength. Batomer pleased him, Pasachov. Batomer pleased him. Um, and the the uh, Plishtim said, um, 
Alecha Shimshon. She said, the plishtim are upon you. Vayikatz Mishnaso, and he woke up. He says, I will go out to fight like every other time and wake myself up. See here, that's the key phrase. He didn't know, not that his hair was, was with him, but so the Mitzudat David says, by the loss of his hair, Hashem had removed himself from him uh, as a result. Now, based on what we just explained, that the that the Nazirus was the was the anti-reaction to the to the generation that wasn't keeping Kedusha. And now hit now the loss of the Nazirus meant that that his Kedusha as well, as he was the, you know, you know, he, so to speak, the last stronghold. And the last stronghold was now gone. So Hashem disappeared from him. So then when he woke up, so that's what it means. Like he didn't understand the significance of what was taking place in it. So the plishtim seized him. And it says they gouged out his eyes. So they're really a terrible, uh, uh, you know, really they were really out for blood on, on, every, on every different way uh, possible. And uh, Gemara says, because he looked at the Plishtim women, so 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 his uh, he got punished with his eyes. So uh, now, so what happened? Vesarne, I'm sorry, I skipped. Azasa. So they went to Aza. and they and they put him in chains. and he he was uh, grinding in the mill in the jail. What started to happen? So, so they cut off his hair, but then his hair started to come back. So we mentioned before that was the symbol of tshuva. That his hair coming back is 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 the attempt of Shimshon to restore his greatness. And when he was able to restore his greatness, that's when he brings the great Yeshua that we're about to read out. So it says that they. Now, um, the Gemara tells us in Masechus Gittin that uh, famous story, that was we call the Tishabov Gemaras, uh, the Gemara in Daphnan Zion uh, in Masechus Gittin, that when Tita Sarasha came to the to the base of Migdash, and uh, it says that that he he not only was out to destroy the Jewish people, but he declared war on the God of Israel, uh, and the famous. Uh, Gemara, that he stabbed, he took his sword and he stabbed the parochas. He stabbed the curtain that separated between the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKodeshim. And the Gemara says, uh, miraculously, blood came pouring out of the curtain. And Titus Arasha declared that he killed, that he, he killed the God of Israel, right? And, and so what, what, what you see, so again, that's a repeating thing that people think because they had temporary victory that they defeated a Kodesh Baruch Hu. and so the, the plishtim they go and they and they, they they bring them to their they they worship this idol called Dagon, and there was simcha and, and frivolity and all of that, and, and and they thought this is it, and it says Vayiru Sohaam Eloheim, and it says they 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 rejoice and they sang praise to their God Kiamru Nasan Eloheinu Biadenu Esoveinu. He says, our God has delivered our enemy into our hands um, and, and, the, and, and all the things that go with it. 
ויהי כי טוב ליבם, ויאמרו קראו לשמשון וצחק לנו. So when they were when they were very rejoiced, I assume that means they became drunk. Yamasudat David says, "What was this idea? They came with Boa. The Chashvam Shabodas Avgilulim Shalahem Masar Hashemshom Biadam. They honestly believed that their God was the cause of their victory. Ula Simcha Kam Ba'avura Simcha Nasul Smoach." So because of this great uh, day that they're victorious over the over their enemies, so so there was a tremendous gathering. I, I um, there are people here, I think, no, maybe not, uh, that that might have seen uh, Ve Deo Arnie's here. Uh, you might remember the picture uh, in Times Square on in May of 1945, right? There's there was millions of people and. In, in Times Square when they when they were celebrating the you know the the victory of V it was called VE Day it was called the victory in Europe right there was a tremendous it was a tremendous gathering so so this is what happened in the place if you have if you I'm sure everyone on the screen has seen the video of that uh, the the gathering in Times Square at when they when World War II was declared over in Europe uh, and and that was the idea that this tremendous gathering uh that has yeah remember I told you the Navi talks to us. Uh, so while while they were rejoicing that they, they said this whole uh this whole song and dance. So anyway, so Vayomer Shimshon So Shimshon said to the boy who was holding his hand, because remember he couldn't see, uh he said he said he said leave me. He said let let go of me and let me touch the pillars. Like let me hold, let me support myself up by the pillars. Asher abayis nachon alehem veishain veishain alehem. He says, let me let me support myself by touching the pillars of the temple that they that they had brought him to. Vabayis malea anashem benashem, and there was a tremendous crowd, men, women, v'shama. And all the governors were were in the, on the roof. They were in the uh, luxury boxes. Uh, the governors were sitting in the in the luxury boxes uh, on top of the uh, you know on top of the uh, right right. They were getting uh, served the hors d'oeuvres and the and the drinks and and it was a whole big party. The all of him ishan was like three thousand men in the luxury boxes. Haroim b'skok shimshon who saw the the downfall of shimshon. Okay, so so anyway, the situation is very sad. So this this is what it came to. After all that Shimshon did, he ends up with this uh, in the middle of this tremendous celebration of the victory against him, uh, and, and he's uh, he, you know he's hung out to pasture and, uh, and 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 he's there. So but he has a plan. Uh, and what one of the things is Sh- Shimshon does not go down easy. Shimshon el Hashem Okay, so Shimshon calls out to Hashem, and he says, uh, "I was very, I was very excited because uh, if you remember the the singer Deddy, uh, so he has the song Zachreinina, Zachreinina, Lechaskeinina." I always wonder where those words come from. Here they are, right here. Save your them. Zachreinina, remember me, Lechaskeinina, and strengthen and strengthen me. You know, um, so so what Rashi says. Zachor Esrim Shana Sheshafati Es Yisrael. 
He says, remember the last 20 years that I judged the Jewish people. He said, uh, it's very similar to comment Moshe makes. He says, I never asked for anything. I, I, I served the Jewish people for 20 years and I never asked anyone to do anything for me. I was clearly the leader. I did a lot of Yeshua's, never asked for anything. Moshe, Moshe, and the story of Korach says, Lo echad I never asked for a donkey for anything in return that all the efforts I put in. So, so, so Shimson says, that, that's a zechus. Moshe Rabbeinu said it, and, and you answered him. A, a, answer, me, answer me as well. I never did, I never asked for anything. I never, I never wanted anything. I understood, you know, it's a tremendous statement. Because, because really what Shimshon was saying is that I really understood what my role was and what I was supposed to be doing. And I accepted it. I accepted it. Uh, there were no consequences. There were no consequences to my actions. This is what I want. This is what I wanted to. Uh, this was my role. I understood it. I never wanted anyone else to interfere with that. So I never asked for anything. So Zachreinina, remember that. And now strengthen me. Achapam, one more time, Hazar Elokim. Again, Elokim, Hashem, judge the situation. Judge hmm? me now. Judge me. And, and, no, I'm and, looking, listening to the Novishir. Um, uh, wise, Rodney Wise. Ju judge me now that, ju judge me now and remember me. And Elokim, you judge. Judge the situation. You know there has to be a, a time of salvation. You know, it says by uh, by Mitzrayim. You know, by Yedayalokim. Right? Hashem knew and Hashem understood that the time for Yitzias Mitzrayim was coming. Shimshon says, Zachreini v'Chaskeini achapam Elokim v'Einakma and let me avenge myself. Nekam achas Um Let me get revenge for them knocking out. Um, my two eyes. He says, he says one of the two eyes because he wants the second one to go olam above. And Mesudat David says, He says, one eye I gave for the Jewish people. Now I want to cash in on that. Now, now help me and help me defeat the Plishtim. The second eye they took out, that should be my protection um, for Olam Abba. It, it, it's, it's really, I, I, you know, I, I started off tonight by saying that, you know, my, my view on, on Shimshon has completely changed. Uh, that he, the message of him is so clear that when you are given a role in this world, you need to actualize it. Like, and and if you're able to look back and say, you know, there's a, the psukim we say in Parshas uh, Kisavo, you know, when you give maises, kolvidu maise, right? You say, asisi kol I did everything you asked of me. I gave the maise, I gave the truma. But those three words, asisi kol Now, Now, I know, you, now I know you're going to say that we never do enough. Of course we never do enough. There's always more to do. But overall, how many of us can say, and you come Rosh Hashanah, you come Yom Kippur, and a year has passed. You know, how many of us can say, Asisi Kol Hashem Tzivisan? 
I did what you want. You know, I did what you wanted me to do. And, you know, the, there's, a, there's a famous word from the Satmar Rebbe. It says, From the beginning of the year to the end of, of, of the year. Right? It's the, the year with the hay and then just the year. So, so the Satmar Rebbe says, because we always start off, right? What's the, what's, what's the busiest month in the gym? January. Because everyone makes New Year's resolutions that they're going to exercise. And what, what's the least busiest month in the gym? February. <laughs> because, because after after a few weeks, eh, okay. So so the Satan Rebbe says, everyone says, Hashana, this is going to be the year. I'm going to be unbelievable. And then unfortunately, a lot of times we come to Elo and we say it was just another year. And Shimshon understood that that was not, did not want that to be his legacy. Shimshon understood. It's a Sisi Kola Shetzi Shimshon says to Kodesh Baruch help me one more time because I know that I've done everything. And I know I want to I want to have uh, my place in Olam Haba because of the great mission that I carried out. Uh, and that's the message of Shimshon, to, to be who we are. Um, you know, there's a, there's a famous uh, uh, word that, that when you go up to Shemayim, they, they don't ask you uh, what, why, why you weren't Moshe Rabbeinu. You don't need to be Moshe Rabbeinu. They ask you, did you actualize your mission? The Gemara says in, in, in Masech Shabbos that, you know, they ask you, uh, you know, Kavata Itim right? You know, one of the questions you got asked after 120 years, did you set aside time to study Torah? Baruch Hashem, everybody here on this, uh, on this year can say it because you're all here. Um, and so what, is it, what does that mean? It, they don't ask you if you learn Ksaisis and, and the Sivases. They don't ask you if you learn, if you, if you, learn, if you said Briska Hakiras. They ask you, did you set aside time to study Torah? It's not totally in anything. Yes, we can discuss separately that that they everyone should learn on according to their level, of course. But I'm saying, but but it's it's a mission statement, you know. Did you go through life with a sense of faith? Like, did you conduct yourself in business honestly? Did you did you did you appreciate the gifts that a Kodesh Baruch Hu has given us? Peace of Yeshua. Did you were you waiting for the redemption? Like, did you understand that living in, in, in you know, that, that Borough Park is not Yerushalayim and neither is Lakewood and neither is, is, is New Square or, 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 or Brooklyn or any of these places? It's not Yerushalayim. It's not where we're supposed to be. And even if you live in Yerushalayim, it's a piece of the issue. You know, these are mission statements. And these are questions that we all have to. I, I, I honestly think that Shimshon, uh, in his last moments, realized that he accomplishes his mission. He was able to say, Remember, remember the 20 years. I didn't ask for anything. All I did was, was be the great advocate of the Jewish people, the great defender of the Jewish people, not just mentally and physically and spiritually, but physically. Like I went out and I gave my life for the Jewish people. So, Shimshon grasped the two central pillars upon which he was rested. So you can picture the image, you know, stretching out his hands. He's holding up one post on one end. He's holding up the other post on the other hand. And what happened? Famous, famous statement. Thomas Nafshi in Plishtim. You know, let me, let me die um, with, with the Plishtim. So he, he pushed the, the pillars and the building collapsed on the governors 
and and all the people yakol amashabo he said on that one day, destroyed more of the plishtim than he ever did on any other mission that we was on. No, and then, and then what? So the whole thing collapsed, and, and 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 he took everybody. He took everybody with him. That 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 was his goal. That was and and, and that was going to be the final Yeshua that Shimshon was going to be. He was going to take everybody um, with him. Um, the whole base of and then his brothers and his father's household came. By also, they they took him out of the rubble. It says, and he judged the Jewish people um, for twenty years. Uh, so I mentioned last time that why why does it repeat again that he judged for twenty years? So so I mentioned last time that the Radak uh, quotes in the Medrash. That they were the Yushalmi, that they that 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 he's the fear he created among the Plishtim was was so much that 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 for 20 years after he died, they were still afraid. They were still looking over their shoulders. They thought he's gonna <laughs> he thought he's gonna he's gonna wake up and uh, and come back to haunt him. That was anyway. Ramban notes that Shimshon was the only judge who fell into the hands of the enemy. When when Yaakov foresaw that Shimshon would cut down would be cut down in the middle of his efforts, he prayed that the Israel should be helped directly by Hashem, saying, Hashem, right? For your salvation, we hope. But only Hashem's salvation is eternal. Shimshon was the last judge who not only led, but also fought against the enemy of the Jewish people. Although Shmuel led the people, he did not engage in battle. He was essentially a prophet and the one who inaugurated the monarchy by anointing Shaul and David. Um, so that's essentially... The end of, of, of the Shimshon story. Um, I want to just say a couple of more closing comments, and then we'll go on uh, next week to to other Indian. Uh, again, um, I posted on the on the chat those of you that came on late um, a link to a shear tomorrow night that I'm giving on Inyane Purim. If you go on the chat, it's there. You can cut and paste it, or you can or you can um, privately uh, send me a message at nine one seven. Six two three nine seven five four, or you could ask Moshe, Moshe Freelander. He'll be happy to to share that with you, and you could uh, join uh, for the Purim share tomorrow night. That's it. That's it. It'll be at eight thirty Eastern Standard Time. So please, uh, uh, but not not on this link. It's on it's on a different link. So please check that out. Um, just a couple of closing comments. Uh, there were um, Shimshon was not was not the only. Um, people that individually we, we, we salute. Uh, if you read uh, Yehuda Avner's book on uh, the prime ministers, um, many may have read it. Menachem Begin was clearly one of those heroic figures, uh, the, the greatest advocate of the Jewish people in the 20th century. Uh, you may not always have liked some of his antics uh, and some of the things he did, but th there was no greater defender of the Jewish people in the entire 20th century than Menachem Begin. And, and I think it should be noted. Uh, I wanted to mention the name Mordechai Anilovich. Um, If you do not know Mordechai Anilovich was, he was the head of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, right? He led the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. He was another one of those uh, Shimshon-like like, like heroes. Uh, I also want to point out um, uh, another uh, thing that Shimshon accomplished. Rabbi Salvechik, in a famous piece called uh, The Six Knocks, uh, you know, Kol Dodi Dofek, the voice of my beloved is knocking. So he says the fifth, the, the fifth knock, 
um, he says was the following. And Rabbi Soloveitchik wrote this about the establishment of the state of Israel after 1948. And this is what he wrote. First time in the annals of the exile and divine providence has amazed our enemies with the astounding discovery that Jewish blood is not cheap. And, and he writes that in the context, and, and that's the idea of Shimshon creating that fear. There was, there was this great fear that they had of Shimshon. And, and now, and now one, of, one, of, one of the things that Shimshon cut into the plishtim is that you're not just going to attack us without any, any repercussion. There's going to be repercussion. And yes, we're going to fight back. And no, as Rabbi Salvation pointed out, Jewish blood is, is not um, cheap. And, and Rabbi Salvation went on to say that eye in tachas eye, an eye for an eye, literally in our story, uh, is, is, is literal when it comes to self-defense. And maybe that's the symbolism of Tamus Nafshi in Plishtim, that Shimshon was saying that, that, that we're going to, that, that I'm going to die with them, but I'm going to take them in the same way that, 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 that they tried to destroy me, I'm going to destroy them. Um, and, they, and they're like a road uh, And yet you have all, all, all of these, um, all, all of these symbolic. Uh, I want to mention the name Eli Cohn. Eli, as you know, Eli Cohn was the famous spy who almost became the defense minister in Syria. Um, and, you know, and, and he, he, till, till, they, till they caught him. Uh, again, a, 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 a hero uh, at the highest form. Uh, what, what he, the, the Hatzalah and the Yeshua that he did for Klal Yisrael, unbelievable. Um, you know, so we, ha we have these people uh, all throughout history. And I, and I, and I would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention all of the Israeli soldiers, the Khalid Sahal, all the Israeli soldiers that gave of their lives that we could be where we are, to, where we are today. And, 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 and as I pointed out many times, the fact that we have a Jewish community, uh, some of you are in Hillcrest, uh, we're here in Brooklyn, in Lakewood, in Borough Park, and, and all of these places for one reason, because it's all. If there was no Israeli army, I promise you the conditions here would not be the way it is right now. And, and, and that, that single unifying force, as the Rav pointed out, that says Jewish blood is not cheap, was a message that started with Shimshon, was a message that has continued throughout the ages, that, that people like Mordechai Anilovitz and Eli Kohn and, and, and Menachem Begin and, and yes, David Ben-Gurion and, and all of these people uh, left, left with us. And that, that's what I think when we talk about what's the, what's the you know, what, what in this story is talking to us. I think that's the message, that Shimshon was one of those figures that taught us what the world was saying, how Jewish blood can't be cheap. And then if you're going to mess with us and you're going to attack us and you're going to persecute us, there's going to be fight back. Uh, I should mention the Hashmanayim as well, uh, where uh, Zeramban called them Chassidei The list goes on. Uh, you know, obviously, this, uh, in this forum, we can't go for everybody. But the list goes on. But that's the eternal message of the Shimshon story. I, I really, I, I, I always had not such a positive opinion of him. Uh, it's completely changed. He was a hero at the highest level. He was a hero who was imbued with Ruach al-Kim, uh, not, not as a Novi, but he had the spirit of Hashem. We said that in, in, in Sefer Shoftim, that meant he was given special strength. 
He was a stronghold of Kedusha in, in his state of Naziris. When it went away, he lost it a little bit. But in the end, as his hair grew back, it was the symbol of the Kedusha returning. And he did pave the way for the eventual defeat of the Plishtim at the hands of Shaul, David, Yonasan, uh, and all of those people later on, and eventually paved the way for us to have peace in the land and live in Eretz Yisrael in the way it was meant to be. may it be that, that we should have a different kind of simple, not the one described in, in this parak in Novi, but we should have the simple being in Eretz Yisrael and, and, and living out the life that, Shim, that people like Shimshon paved the way for us that eventually David and Shlomo brought in, uh, led by Shmuel Hanavi, brought into fruition. Okay, I think we're going to stop here for tonight. Uh, Mr. Shem, we will continue tomorrow night. Again, if you're interested, I'll stay on a, a couple extra minutes. You want to copy the, the link for tomorrow night. Um, but but uh, uh, those of you uh, those of you that are on the local show, meaning uh, shul members, please come to the shir tomorrow night. I'm going to discuss all the inyanim that's co- for the upcoming yantif, um, and everyone else is of course invited. Okay, uh, good night, everyone, and and we'll see you for sure next week at this time.